0: Recorded live from the mats of Radical MMA in New York City, the
1: Martial Culture Podcast, your source for in-depth combat sports and martial arts insights with Coach Renee Dreyfus and Matt Peters. Ring the bell and let's get it on.
0: Testing. Hello. Are the microphones working? It works. Look at the things.
2: Yeah, we can see moving.
0: Yeah, I love when it moves. Matt Peters and uh, Coach Rene, we've moved to a new studio, but the mats are still here, right? The the theoretical
1: mats? Yes, the mat is where your mind is. Mm, I love that. And uh, yeah, it's great, great new studio, and so uh, awesome to be joined again with my buddy, the man who can talk uh, about any aspect of martial arts with uh, depth and passion and intelligence, Mr. Gilson Oliveira.
2: I don't think that he's still here yet. <laughs> so I'm um, so waiting for that guy. My pleasure being here, guys.
0: We appreciate you coming here. We love when you're on the show anytime. Thanks for coming. You're so, a um, couple uh, housekeeping things. Thanks to Chrisformedia.net for uh, hosting the shows, and then uh, Chef NYC for feeding my belly. That's all we got. So UFC 217. What a show! Yeah, it was amazing. Amazing
1: top top 5 UFCs probably I not you know I there's been so many good UFCs and and it's hard to say this top five or this or that. Um, There's so, but, yeah. but it, it definitely delivered. You know, it definitely delivered. And tremendous amount of upsets. Although, oh, yeah. although you know, Jillson and I, I think we do recall that we had a little bet that somebody would win. And, uh,
2: yeah, I remember something like that. Yeah, something that. like yes, that. Yes, what was that remember, again? What was that, that again, Matt? I, I, know, I know that had something to do with being choked down. Yes, not,
1: it something did. Something like that.
2: I have to listen back to the, to
0: the <laughs> past episodes. I don't remember, but I am a man of my word. Um, I don't want to like fall on the ground. So if we can like do it where I don't like literally pass out, we just choke me a little. Pop. Oh come on! I gotta choking.
1: put you unconscious. <laughs> I had to make you pee your pants or something. Oh my god! Yeah, no, I'm kidding.
0: they break in the new. Studio,
1: no, though. I would not we'll ruin do the that.
0: rug, and I'll get in so much trouble. Um, I but I am a man of my word,
2: and we'll we'll, yes. we'll, we'll figure out something towards the end oh, of Oh, we'll figure it out. You know, yeah, it can be tricked out <laughs> while you're sitting on your chair. Yes, so that's right. Yeah, brace okay. me against yeah. a wall or yeah. something. Yeah. Steps ago.
1: So, but you've never done any, any grappling before, right? No. So it's a great introduction. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, a private <laughs> lesson from Rene Dreyfus. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> you can't get better than that. I mean, I have to pay like hundreds of dollars to get choked out by Renee. Usually,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm.
2: You're in high demand. High demand.
1: Actually, yeah. Re- recently, yeah, right? quite, a, yeah, quite a bit, yeah. yeah. I'm
2: just gonna show you how effective, you know, the grappling is and the choking. That's all.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's no. A good you know.
2: Lesson. No. Let me show how effective it is. So you will be very interested in studying yeah.
0: it. And it's on camera. We're recording this episode. Uh, for a promo video for the studio that we're doing. So maybe we'll edit that part out, unless unless it's funny. you know, I'm all for funny, weird stuff. So we'll see what happens.
1: Now you have to talk about what's happening and, and, and how you how I you have feel. to talk about yeah, it. I don't right feel like
0: talking about anything. <laughs> I'm going to be on the ground having a seizure or something. Does anybody know first aid?
1: Um, so, Matt, what was your opinion on the fights last night?
0: Uh, amazing. I mean, the, the upsets for sure. Uh, the Joanna, I can't pronounce her last name.
1: G- Georgic, I believe, okay. but I'm not sure.
0: God bless you. Uh, <laughs> I was. I. I mean, it's the night of the, the trash talk upsets. Yeah. I watched all the, you know the embedded and things like that beforehand. Yoana was just being really extra. Like she was just being very intense. Very. She's very intense. like she's she's telling uh, Rose she's going to take her soul. It's like. Over the top, like she's being a character. You know, she's Conor McGregor is big, so you got to you got to be a character these days.
1: Or- how much do you think is character, and how much do you think is real? Like Bisping is also plays up the character, yeah. but there's an element of just who he is. Everybody says that, mm-hmm. and I, and Conor McGregor plays a character, but there's a lot of that's who he is. Right. And Chelsan too, you know, they played a character, and I, I'm wondering, you know, like the Diaz brothers. That's not a character, that's who they are, you know? Um, I'm just wondering if Joanna it, 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 strikes me as a great martial artist, but she's a very, very intense person. And for certain martial artists, there's like, I'm gonna have mental warfare with you and I'm gonna dominate you verbally, physically, it, dominate your space from the minute I, I, I'm with you. And and it's trash talking, but it's also and I, I'm not a big Conor McGregor fan, as everybody knows. But the man is a master at that psychological manipulation. How do you get so many people to come in to fighting you at their absolute worst? while well, you mess with their head, and I think that's maybe what she was trying to do as well. Oh yeah. Uh, not to mention it just it just she's a very intense person. So how much is that acting? How much is it what she, who she really is as a as a as a as a competitor? Mm-hmm. I think in every sport, there's that level of like i'm going to verbally or you know kind of dominate you in in, in the space, and she really she went over the top it was it was a little too much you know mm-hmm. uh, but yeah Jillson, uh, what's your, what's your thought on, on that like how much is real, how much is fake
2: i think it for me it depends on the the starting point you know, we all have our own personalities and uh, and the the type of upbringing that you had will determine a lot. Yeah. What is your kind of a? What is the steady line there? Like what is the, the foundation that you had? I believe that uh, there is, of course, as Matt said, which is true. You know, we do create personas. You know, who I am as uh, as a father, as a husband, as a brother, as an uncle is different than as who I am as a fighter. Absolutely. And then that persona goes and kicks in when I have, of course, a fight. And but it's still uh I don't I don't think that uh, first personally uh, I don't like it at all that, yeah, that level of of talking stuff. It's just like for me it's like you it look silly and you look idiotic. Mm-hmm. Especially when you lose. Then you <laughs> really, really look idiotic. <laughs> and and if you go into a place where you will <laughs> find so yeah, when you go into a place when you're finding someone with the skills skills to to put up a good fight and winning is it is a possibility so then you look really like for me really 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 dumb to some extent like stupid and idiotic when you have the particular type of behavior so one word that I don't like myself is upset like oh you know what Uh, uh there were some upsets for honestly, I don't I don't I like agree. this because of this. Because each one of the those who won, like Dillashaw, uh, Namajunas, and GSP, this for me were not upset. No, they're warriors. They're- they they have skills yeah. and they train to win, and they won. End of the story. For for me, it's an upset is the when the a, a white belt uh, submit a black belt, then you can say there's an upset mm. because he doesn't have the skills, and for some reason he won. And, okay, but those guys who won last night, they are professionals, they are highly skilled martial artists, and they train to win, and they won.
1: Exactly. On any given day, 10 out of 10 times, the fights, you couldn't say, oh, uh, Bisping would beat GSP, nine you could never say that. They're both so good. That's the great thing about the the UFC um, is that, um, for the most part, the best fight the best you know obviously you know some people get by with dodging certain people eventually but eventually they have to fight the best and that's a problem which i think happens with boxing is that you know do you, you you pick and choose the um the the opponent the competitor you know the guy you know you know he's going to he's just not going to be in the same level uh and you don't take chances you don't want to lose um it's you know very rare to see uh you know, the best consistently fighting the best in, 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 in boxing, which is, you know, a shame. But, uh, yeah, it's not an upset if they're both and any given day could go either way. And in all three fights, you know, they're, they're amazing, amazing martial artists, yeah. fantastic fights. Well, I
0: was really upset that GSP won.
1: I know, but well, that's a different story. <laughs> a different story. <laughs> For those that were listening to the other podcast, we made a bet and I get to choke, I get to choke, uh, um, Mad out. And I, you still have to go through like a, you take a low kick from Professor Kent too.
0: That's both of them? I have to do both of them?
1: I was it? We, we could choose, but I, I would choose the choke out.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't want any broken ribs. Or whatever. Broken something.
2: No, when I wake up, at least we'll be able to walk.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, anyway, but uh, technically, um, I and Jilson, you're a great striker. Uh, you know, it's funny because n- let's, let's start with the Namajunas fight. And we could go over the, the Corey Anderson and the OSP fight, too. And uh, there was a, a great Brazilian fighter uh, on that card, too, who just really technical. You, you're such a, a great analysis of, of striking. You know, it was great to see Rose win because I feel like she just stepped in with a hook. And it was like basics done perfectly. But what's your take on the, on the, the striking side of uh, the Yunus fight?
2: Listen, Jonah is, uh, I adore her game. Yeah, and me too. I believe her to be probably one of the best strikers, uh, not only only that particular uh, weight class.
1: And not male or female. Best. Yeah, yeah. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. It's not female
2: striker, yeah. she's yeah. a striker. Yeah. She's one of the best strikers that we have in UFC. There's a the uh, weight class and gender, much less. She's one of the best. I think that. Uh, as I said before, Namahina was prepared to. And you follow, like, the history, so like, uh, if you check her, her, her fights, she's highly skilled professional. She's a highly skilled fighter. And anything can happen because you are, yes, yeah, someone is the champion, okay? But does not mean that is or concours the best one in the category because there are, they, they win one particular fight and they become a champion but they haven't fought every single one person every single fighter in that particular weight class which means that anything can happen with one of them
1: especially with reach advantage too different people different body types certain fighters are great against uh uh certain types of uh opponents and you know styles make fights
2: yeah so yeah. Uh, when it comes to the striking i personally see uh nema as effective with the strike, Joanna, I believe Joanna to be is likely superior in terms of some, when it comes to some combinations. Yeah. Only that when you see uh, when the strike came about, when the left hook came about, uh, you see that the the, the right hand yeah. Joanna's right hand was like a little stretched out as it was she was kind of trying to keep the distance, which means she was like the arms parallel to the floor, which means the chain is it's uh, it's open there, and then. Namahyuni was very effective in applying a particular type of a strike at the right time. So she was very efficient in doing yeah. that. So it's hard to come over a strategy because it happened fairly yeah, quickly. Yeah. Right? Talk about first perfect, just timing
1: happened. and bam, just yeah. hit her. Yeah. So it
2: was the right timing and she was really present to the opening and she went for it and she was successful.
1: Yeah, absolutely. As it so it much was just as I can say for that. No, Yeah, I, I, I agree. It was like perfect timing, just simple step in hook, bam. And then, um, um, it, you know, it's funny. What is the official result, Matt? Uh, was it was it? Uh, did they they did, so cite it as tap out or was it TKO? Or uh, because uh, Jillson and I were watching the fight together, and it looked like um, that. Uh, um, she tapped. She tapped. But I'm wondering if they if they registered as a as a tap out or they t- TKO yeah. TKO. So yeah, so the referee stoppage. But she 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 got hit. And she turtled up, and um, the thing is, you know, Jillson and I—we were discussing in the last podcast. You know, we talk in terms of shooting. When you get hit, you go back to the 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 level worst level of your technique. And you know, Joanna, she got on the ground, and this is no disrespect, but she's amazing. She's an amazing fighter. She's an amazing fighter. Great fighter. I have nothing but respect. But she—if you're going to say one thing about her—that she would need to work on is her, her game on the ground. And uh, she got at the turtle, and she wasn't angling or protecting or moving, and she just got wrecked there because she she just, at her worst, in her worst position. And it was it was rough. It was rough. Obviously, she got hit hard. I mean, I'm sure if I got hit that hard by someone, I wouldn't look my best either. But because I've spent, you know, uh, started grappling seriously in 1989 so 88, 89. so i've been grappling for you know almost oh, how many years <laughs> so many 20 30, almost 30 years now so uh i would i would default to certain positions and protect myself hopefully in in certain ways not to say that i'm a better fighter i'm not trying to say that at all but it's just i would say that she needs to work um, a little bit more of the ground defense when you get, when you're in, in trouble. And I see that with a lot of fighters, even great fighters. Like, they, they train, um, on the ground or even standing. What happens at, when it's, things are going their way? You need to, to train. And, and this is a CrossFit term. Uh, it's like a workout in CrossFit, but I'm not talking about the CrossFit, but fight gone bad. What do you do when you screwed up and you get pounded in the face? How do you recover and defend? Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I respect about, um, uh, uh, going to the Dillashaw fight, said he got clipped really bad in the first round. Mm-hmm. He got clipped really bad, and then, but he was he was on the ground. You see, he was like moving his head like a snake. And it's funny that the the Cody Garvin guys call him a snake, but he has this kind of snake like movement too. Not not a disrespectful way, but but he he was he wasn't out of it. He got clipped. The uh, Dill, um, Cody Garvin rushed in, was hitting him, but he's moving his head, moving his head, and constantly active because TJ Dillashaw is. Amazing on the ground as well. He's a great wrestler, great striker, mm-hmm. and he just recovered. The bell rang. He was saved by the bell. He was still still rocked, but he was never out of it or just dying, you know. And uh, that impressed me too. And then he came back and he won. And um, yeah, but no disrespect to, to Juana, but you know when you get hit, whether it's a jiu-jitsu guy, whether it's a striker, whether it's a, a wrestler, you go back to certain positions. The worst of what your base level is. And, and unfortunately, she was in her worst position of the fight in terms of jiu-jitsu and the worst situation she could be in. But still, well, she'll be back and she they'll, they'll fight again for sure. They will fight again. The, the other thing that impressed me was, uh, Rose and we we're going to talk about, you know, martial artists and the difference between fighters and martial arts and the fighter journey, the martial art journey. And, you know, I don't like training fighters. I like training martial artists. So I tell people, some people come to me, they're like, yeah, I want to fight in a year. I want to have a fight. I want to have a fight. And I'm like, no, no, no. That does not encourage me. And I'm not saying I, I don't want to have people fight, but tell me you want to learn, you want to walk the path of a martial artist, and part of that path will be to fight. And Rose said something very touching. She's like, you know, they trashed her about the trash talking. She says, you know, she never trash talked back. And she she even, at one, one of the, um, uh, junket press junkets or something like that the way and i'm not really sure the, joanna was trash talking and i'd heard that she actually because I, I believe no is somewhat religious she started just uh reciting uh the catholic lord's prayer in response hmm. you know I was like hmm, oh, yeah, interesting yeah, 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 I heard yeah that. something like that and uh but when she won she didn't take a chance to say oh my opponent says she's like you know what this is just entertainment we're just fighters, there's so many more important things going on in the world, and that was obviously a reference to the terrorist attack that had happened you know a few days you know about a week before mm-hmm. here in New York and she's like, hopefully she can inspire people and to be better in their lives and that's what she said she's my goal is to inspire people I'm paraphrasing to to be better in their lives and to make the world a better place and that was just that was a wonderful thing to say and she's a martial artist, and she really Always had my respect, but yeah, you know, she went up three or four levels in my book just because of that.
0: At what, Classy. At what, point does, um, at what point do people change? Because Joanna had an undefeated streak. She's been champion for a long time. Is Rose going to be corrupted by the, the belt? Does the belt corrupt?
1: Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. I think uh, your, te- your true test of your integrity your true test of who you are is not when things are easy. Like GSP, GSP was always GSP. He never stopped being GSP. He was champion for ages. He never got on his high horse, and he was always GSP. If you have internal integrity, what happens to you doesn't ruin. You. Now, what does happen? Uh, you could say technically, you, you're there's so many demands as a champion. That you don't get the training you get put in. You don't get the you don't get to. I know I know Conor McGregor was complaining of that, and Demetrius Johnson, a couple other fighters are like, "Well, I have all these PR responsibilities. I can't train." That's a totally different story. But but does it really train who you are? You get all this money, like in football or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, you get all this money, and then it just it, you self destruct because you don't know what to deal with it. And I think it's less true with martial artists, and can be true with fighters because martial artists are in it for the self the 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 self improvement the the goal the long term gsp was out for years but he never stopped training he doesn't train to be the best fighter in the world he trains because every day he wakes up as a martial artist every night he goes to sleep as a martial artist and his identity who he is is self improvement and self development and a, on a quest on that on the the journey of the the hero the journey of of the martial artist of self improvement and self actualization mm-hmm. you know um the term self-actualization comes from from Maslow, a, psychi- uh, a you know pioneer in psychiatry and psychology, and you know we have all these needs, you know like um, you know have to eat and you have to have you know go you know have some place to live, and after that, then we have to be the best versions of ourselves. Like you know that army slogan, "Be all you can be." It's a simple, silly, you know, cliched slogan, but to me, that's what martial arts is: is, is to be what you can be, to be the best version of yourself. And I think that's why most people try to study martial arts. And I think that's, that's what GSP is. And I think Rose is like that too. She wants that challenge. She wants to be, to, 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 to be the best Rose that she can. And I don't think it'll, she'll ever change because that's who she is. You know, she's, she's got her, she's got her head screwed on right. But will she be able to continue to evolve technically? Will she be able to keep up with the PR demands and put the training in to, to field those challengers? That's hard. That's, a, that's something totally different. And I know a lot of fighters struggle with that, that now their personalities, Ronda Rousey too. You know, she, she struggled with the demands of being the persona Ronda Rousey and she, you know, got wrapped up in a, in a bad coach and, you know, all things self-destructed there. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Uh, so I had one, when I was watching the fights last night, the Dillastra Garbrandt oh, fight. Great fight. One thing that that I saw, and I don't know if anybody else saw it, or if, if it was even something I saw, <laughs> um, did it feel like the fight was stopped too early? Do you think Cody could have?
1: No, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. I disagree. Yeah? What okay. do you think, Chelsea? Was it f- f- fought stopped too early? You want to watch a replay because we have that big screen? Watch uh, it again. No, I don't think.
2: Yeah, no? I don't think it was. No, I think I think it was fair stoppage. And as we researched there, I just want to make a point on the. Uh, and on the point where in relation to how you are influenced by you know, by the new position I'm, I believe I, I sincerely believe that uh, power status does not corrupt you. you are corrupt and that's right. Just, I totally just agree. just make apparent.
1: Yes, absolutely I, that is in, yeah power doesn't corrupt you you are corruptible. you are already corrupt. And you had the opportunity to be corrupt. Is, mm-hmm. So my old, my old, I'll tell you something. My old karate instructor yeah, said, "If you
2: feel that's okay to take advantage of people, yeah. you're gonna do this even if you're broke. If yeah. You have no right. means. You know, it's just a matter of being having the opportunity to take advantage of someone. Okay. Yeah. Now, when you have money and you have a status and a position, now put in a place that a great place to even take advantage of more people at the same time, which may, of course, gather you even more riches, if you will." So, my, when it comes to martial arts, when it comes to no martial artists, for me, it's as simple as that. That's my belief. Is that you are corrupt, and that position will just make apparent. <sighs> People will see that you're really
1: corrupted. That's all. Look at that! Look at that! He's not defending properly. Look, no, six strikes, done. Done. six, six strikes. Yeah. Right. And he was not. He was turning over on a stomach Matt. Yeah. We just watched the replay. He's turning over on his stomach. That is not a good thing to do. But Jillson, you said something wonderful right there. My old karate instructor, who was a, a mentor to me in many ways, said, "You know, the test of who you are is, is not when you everything's going your way. It's like when what was it when things aren't going your way." And I always believe that, you know. And uh, so, or or you know, when you have you, you if somebody puts ten dollars in front of you, um, and you can steal it. That, and you steal it. That doesn't mean that the person who put the money there made you a thief. It means oh, you had that opportunity. If it hadn't been there, that's who you are. Um, but I do believe in the power of people to change too. You know, for the better and, and for the worse, um, people change. People people eva- eva- become different in their lives, and 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 can go down certain paths. And, and and you know, we 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 are the sum of who we interact with, and if we surround ourselves. With negative people again, it goes back to Ronda Rousey. If you surround yourselves with the wrong people, they will have a negative impact on you, and you can you can make bad choices too. You know, nothing's absolute. I guess.
2: I think that people can change. You know, no. I, I don't have uh, anything to say that against mm-hmm. this particular type of, uh, of uh, assumption or belief. I think that people who they when they surround themselves with a particular group, they tend to assimilate a lot of the characteristics and traits and belief
1: systems, et cetera. I and can think of a jiu-jitsu guy who uh surrounds is surrounded by the Conor McGregor camp who uh <laughs> changed in a negative way. And oh, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? No. Dylan Dennis. Yeah. You know, so, anyway. <laughs> so I
2: believe that the thing that is like I believe that if uh, and sometimes you don't have you listen, like we were talking about uh Nate and Nick the yeah. years before it's uh, uh, as someone who would be placed in a similar condition in terms of environment that w- where I grew up, mm. uh, kind of. About, yeah, he they are who I am in, in the sense of ghetto boy, you know, uh, just growing up in a very very limited, resourceful environment, and then everything is like the hustling. Everything's you have to fight to eat, you have to fight for everything that you need, and if the environment has been that for long enough, and you that's what you believe the whole world is so whatever you go whatever you go you believe that is still the same because that's all your filters and I can say by experience so I'm talking about them because I am as well and uh, they can be classified or put in the same folders I get a boy because of my upbringing so I understand that now but once you have the experience the, the this type of uh, behavior, or belief need to be questioned and only will be questioned if people surrounding you bring should be questioned, right, right? Right. And say, no. Listen, I know that you grew up here, but you see that we went to this place, this place, this place, and this person, and this particular system was different. So, you don't need to behave like the, in the defensive way all the time anymore. Yeah. You know. So this it, it like showing a, a new, like a new light, a new perspective that it's uh, it's not everybody is like this, and then. We'd always be like that. No, there is like never always. No, it's like it's just a matter of experiences. So what? Who? Who you surround? Surround yourself with matters because sometimes they will bring a new perspective that you didn't have the chance to grow up in. Uh, like myself, and this helps you to. Just kind of a just kind of come down a little bit. Hey, evolve. And it'll be so so defensive all the time that you have to hustle, have to fight everyone, not trust anyone, you know. Everybody's gonna screw me over because you grew up that, you grew up with that kind of a mentality. So I think they, they they spent some time doing this. I spent myself as well. And I think so I think that if you were surround after a while with a, the right group of people, this will be helping us to evolve to change our ways, and sometimes yeah. it comes with maturity, yes, but it also comes if you surround yourself as soon as possible with absolutely. the right people.
1: Um, absolutely, and I think that goes to you know we were talking about the martial arts journey, and part of the martial arts is always community, and you surround yourself with positive, like-minded people there who are who are you know in in a space where it's all about helping and giving. And you're going to be in a great place to, to, to be the best version you can be. Um, and, and definitely, uh, you know, that's an interesting issue with the Cody Garber and T. D. Dillashaw thing because the, the team alpha male, the separation. There's also that, that, and that's a real animosity there because they, they, they let him into that group. They helped him, you know, Uriah Faber, as I understand, I don't really get too much into the gossip, but Uriah Faber, uh, got him out of high school. Was a high school wrestling champion Dillashaw, and uh, brought him up, paid for him, brought him into the into the fold, put brought him into the family. Said these, this is how we're going to train you. Train him how to strike. Train taught him MMA from day one, and you know um, they had a difficult parting, Uh, and a catalyst to that was someone who, in that environment, was the Dillashaw's coach, uh, the striking coach. um, Uh, Dwayne Ludwig and I'm not taking sides it was this or that I I don't know the situation I wasn't there there's many people said but you can say that there's this conflict and um, and uh, Team Alpha Male has always been this place where they're 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 positive environment and yet there's some tension and remolding I guess that's true with any community but I I have nothing but respect for both sides of of these they're great fighters and uh, it was it was a great fight and and just on the technical side, well, Matt, did you did you enjoy the fight that, that the Joe fight? Yeah, definitely,
0: right. it was a great fight. I mean, yeah. I enjoyed every every minute of it. it was, I mean, yeah. but Dilger you, still, you thought it was
1: a little bit of an early stoppage.
0: I mean, I'm not uh, yeah. as as yeah. trained and seeing the yeah. in intricacies as you guys are, but uh, I think Cody probably definitely thought it was an early stoppage. <laughs> <And> the, the <laughs> did he argue he, afterwards? He popped right up. Did just I mean, oh, I can yeah. get right right back to that spot, but yeah. he popped up and he was like. Yeah,
2: but, he, but if you look at his eyes, yeah, he's not not yeah there. he was he's out. There. Yeah. Yeah. The was minute done. that one yeah. hit, yeah, you can hit as much as it want.
1: No, yeah, right, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm watching. Let's watch it again. Oh, God, the the footwork and the movement. You see what I mean by it looks like a snake? <laughs> I like the way he moves. That yeah, he goes back and forth. Yeah, it's very interesting. Very like new striker version. Like his, and his eyes just angled back out. His yeah, head. oh that's he's
0: done. He's done. But he's gonna pop right up, and he's gonna be yeah, really but, pissed off. Yeah, but
1: if that ref didn't save him.
2: Look at his eyes. Look his yeah, eyes. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Look at that, that, that. Look, look he's yeah, out. He's done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, can I tell you a personal no. story? I you know, I had a MMA fight where and the referee um really saved me. But I got hit um with a the big fat hook. I bounced off the cage, I was unconscious. But I was I was still up and I'm yelling at the ref. Rrr, rrr. And then the guy hit me again and put me on, I'm like, why'd you stop the fight? R- r-. I was unconscious. I don't remember any of this. Yeah. And the ref is like, "No, it's over. It's over." Because he was a great ref, and he and he saved me to have more brain damage. It was the the one fight that I lost, and uh, the referee kept me from being hurt more. Good good ref is important. It, it was uh, who who's the ref? Was it um, was it um, uh, Big John? He,
0: I don't think it was.
1: No, uh, oh, I uh, was a
0: bald guy. The bald guy.
1: Uh oh, is um, uh, what's his name? Um, uh,
0: the I guy have from no New Jersey. The,
1: the really. Jack tall, tall, bald guy. I forgot his name. Um, yeah, that guy. Um, yeah, he he he's been. Yeah, it was a good stoppage. I, I think I, that ref. I forgot his name, but he is sometimes not always stopping people as much as he can. But that was good stoppage. Did a great job. But technically, just on the technical side, Jillson, um, in terms of the footwork, uh, uh, you're always a great analysis of the the footwork. What did you, what did you see there that you liked about the striking in that fight? I, I was just amazed. It, it's like a little bit more of a Cody's, like a little bit more traditional boxer, kickboxer and Dillashaw has that like real tricky game and he, he got caught a few times, I mean it was just stylistically real interesting fight I love this fight, I love that and people think, oh Renee you a grappler you know, but this was just intense just super enjoyment, I, I couldn't take my eyes off the screen, I love how Dillashaw was always stepping to the outside and finding that angle um, but anyway, your, your, your points I'm sure you're going to bring up many things that I missed
2: No I think pretty much it. Uh, What what I see in terms of Dillashaw is that there are two points here. First is you can move as much as you want knowingly that you are spending more energy and if you're not well conditioned you're gonna gas out because you don't stop. Right? So Dillashaw he was very good in terms of mostly on the upper body like he he would lean side to side which means You as an opponent, you don't know that he's going to come from the right or uh, from the left. So anything can come from any side. It's different than you just like face to face with your upper body upright. You know, it can be like jab, cross, etc. But when you are moving side to side, anytime he can throw something from any other one of these angles. And then he would just adapt the footwork to what he is in his mind about to, to launch. So when he hit when he dropped Cody with the the left kick if you if you see the upper body, he leaned to the right, but he, he had been already doing this for a while so the yeah. guy doesn't know what's coming and of a sudden then he knows that he wants to go for the for the for the uh, left kick high kick and then he leans to the right and then he just pick up his left leg and then he hits Cody and drops Cody so it's something that is uh, absolutely interesting in the sense that. You are moving. You keep moving your upper body. You don't know if, if, and what's going to come. And as you guys can also uh, watch us once again, he would have his right hand up and his re- left hand low. So you don't know that if he's going to kick come, or punch, yeah, he's going right? yeah, to just, just release the left hand. It's like waist level or it's going to come from your right hand. So I think that he, as we know, makes sense to you. Especially in the beginning, the first round, is a lot of uh, let me see how my opponent reacts. So that's what you do most of the mo- most most of the time. That's what we're doing the first round. I need to know how he reacts. To what I do so I can start thinking about how can I, I'm gonna what best combination I can flow because he, there is a natural tendency to drop his head to the right or to the left when I do this to walk backwards on a straight line instead of a circle yeah. circle circling back to the left or to the right so I think that uh, there is a lot of uh, okay so let me be let me check first what how he would respond to what I do and also let me not be predictable I'm gonna move around as much as I want as much as I can without getting tired of myself in this way I will make myself unpredictable it would make me more dangerous so if you can back that up with your conditioning you can move it around as much as you want as long mm-hmm. as you don't get tired doing it
1: yeah absolutely um, I, I, you know in the first round though uh, we were just watching it uh, I, I actually think I, I think they're both great and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of both fighters so I'm, I have no dog in this fight but I actually think uh, Cody's just a little bit cleaner but Dillashaw is very unpredictable and his, his, his analysis of this is the energy you're going to give me and I'm going to do this I'm going to confuse you but I, I'm able at, at extracting data and figure out what you're going to do that's good and St. Pierre has that too he talked about it after his fight when we get to the St. Pierre fight right. but the idea of yeah I'm going to see what your movement is I'm going to react and I'm going to kill you DJ Dillashaw's great at that, that adaptation that adaptation and that compute, bam, this is what I'm gonna do. But in terms of like, like if you saw Cody Garbrandt's jab, that is a work of art. That jab is just beautiful. And he caught him, and he caught him flush with the exchange cross, bam, and he dropped him. That's how he dropped him in the first round. The exchange crosses, boom. It was just beautiful slip, bam. And 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 um you had two two great strikers. Um I just thought, you know, Dillashaw, yeah, his movement, you're right, his side-to-side movement was great. That's a real different example. We were watching the uh, Corey Anderson and um, an OSP fight. And OSP was getting a little bit of problems with Corey Anderson. And Corey Anderson was moving. But then Corey Anderson tried that same kind of like he was moving a little bit side to side, but not in a way that really threatened OSP that much. And OSP was like, well, if you're just going to move side to side, I'm going to time you and throw a kick at your head. So he was moving, but not in the way that Dillashaw moved. Dillashaw moved smart and was always keeping Cody a little bit like confused. Whereas um, in terms of the wrestling, Corey Anderson was very, very aggressive on OSP, and he out-wrestled him. But in the striking, he was, he was good. He was good. But but then in, when he got knocked out, he was like, he's just moving side to side, kind of, kind of went to one side. He went to his right side, dropped his hand. And OSP was like, wow, I'm just going to time you. You dropped your hand, bam, and he knocked him out. And... um, Two two similar movements, but uh, but one done much better because of the lack of predictability. I, I always tell my fighters: if you're predictable, you're dead. Be unpredictable, uh, and 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 keep your keep always keep your opponent off his game. And then the ability to, to and analyze that is great. But anyway, um, so that's the TJ Dillashaw fight. a yeah, great, great fight. One Go obs- ahead.
2: One observation that mm-hmm. I would make is that it's uh, the distance. Okay? Mm-hmm. You can think that you're gonna, you're gonna, you can move any way you want because you're going to become impre- not predictable. Right. But if you are two <laughs> feet from me, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> I can kick you, I can knee you, I can elbow you, I can punch you. So, uh, so if you want to be unpredictable, that's great. If you want to move around like show, great. But understand that the distance that he had while he was doing what he was doing and that matters because he was moving side to side, and when he leaned to the right, he had to be at least three feet away for, be, for being able to throw the kick. If he's two feet, the legs are not, not going to yeah. go into this guy's head. So pay attention to moving around, that's fine, but pay attention when you see this, analyzing what is the distance that the particular fighter is applying that particular strike kick or because you cannot if you are in two feet away you basically yeah, you are in fight yeah. there are things that you not be able to pull it off and if you just keep moving and as uh, uh, Coach Rene said and I'm timing you and you are two feet away from me and sometimes even three I know that I can reach with a kick so when I see you leaning there is a trigger and then Man. I'm gonna kick you yeah right so Absolutely. distance it's very important when it comes to what you how you want to move in relation to your opponent.
1: Yeah, you know the Gracie's always say that control the distance, whether it's in jiu-jitsu, whether it's in striking or takedowns, you the man who controls the distance controls the fight. Super important. But great, great points. Um, so okay, let's Matt. What about the GSP Bisping fight? Other than you know losing the bet, what was their, what Was your take on it? <laughs> He's turning red right now. <laughs> this is my favorite podcast so far. Anyway. <laughs> my least favorite. <laughs> I love to gloat.
0: <laughs> I, it was an amazing, amazing fight. I mean, I didn't the whole time. I'm just rooting for Bisping, of course. Um, I, I liked the uh, GSP after the fight, and his post fight words were pretty inspiring just being very humble. Yeah. Um, you know, giving it up to, to Bisbean and, and even Bisbean was giving it back and saying, you know, he respected GSP. Um, GSP said some stuff about he was setting traps. Yeah. Um I thought that was interesting. I didn't see that, but that's I didn't have the martial eye.
1: Right. But you can see he keeps going. He said he keeps going for what we call a head outside single, which is kind of like technically not a good thing in jiu-jitsu. So he's a high C or head outside single you know like it's kind of like not the great thing, but basically what he said was this: he wanted um, Bisping. They they analyzed Bisping that Bisping tend when he grappled, he tend to um, drop his 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 uh, his right hand. So they were always always looking for that the the, the kind of like an overhand or something on the right side, so, you know, on the on Bisping's right side. So what GSP would do is constantly shoot. As much and commit. See right there. That's the, well. That's a that's a that's, a, that's a double leg. But but he's always shooting to that side. Notice his head was always on that side. His head was always attacking that front leg, and even making quote unquote you know slight mistakes. Um, where it, it wouldn't make. What wouldn't mistake? It what was was a, is is a, is a a, a a um there it is right there bam right there it was it was a it was a a, a calculated. You know, move. But he said, "I'm going to make all your attention on your front leg and make you really fear my grappling on your front leg, so you drop that hand." And notice when he when he hit, he he almost like go back to the Matt. Can you go back to that the the where he hit him? Yeah. See, he went down and kind of comes back up. So he goes down, and you know Bisping's like, "Oh, he's going to shoot on me," because he went down there all the time. He went down there all the time, and he came right back up and hit him. So it was just a big setup. He going down, he, Bisping was like, oh, he's going to shoot. Mm-hmm. He dropped his hands to, to defend the, the takedown. He says he's going to be on that side, and he just came right back up. So that was the trap. And then uh, great, great rear naked choke finish, though. Um, I, I I am always in awe. Great guard pass, too. I'm in awe of Jean, George St. Pierre. He's he's an amazing fighter, great guy. That being said, the second ground exchange where he tapped him out was fantastic. The first ground exchange when he was in the guard he actually made some errors or, you know, he's kind of like his arms are extended. Bisping kind of was like looking for a bit of an armbar, I guess. That's what Joe Rogan said. I don't know if he's looking at arm armbar. I thought he was just trying to make distance and not get hit. But um, one of the reasons why, why he didn't really pass the guard was because his, his attack pattern in the guard was bad. And he got really opened up with elbows. And that fight could have been stopped right there. Because did you see the cut on the side of George Pinkpier's head? That was, a, that, was, that was a deep cut. That was I, big, I was like, yeah. oh, it doesn't look so big because I watched the fight with Jilson last night. I'm like, that doesn't look so big. And then we saw it. I'm like, holy crap. That is a deep cut. And, and if, if the fight went into extra rounds or something like that, that bleeding like that, that could have stopped the fight.
0: Because mm-hmm.
1: his face was just you know full of blood. And um, and cut on his nose. Yeah, the first ground exchange, he ate a huge amount of elbows, and the reason he did that was that he did not control the biceps. He was going for what we call a can opener, which is two hands behind the neck. He's extending his arms, and he wasn't controlling the biceps. So, and he was uh, kind of like tripoding forward. So Bisping hit him with a lot of elbows and cut him, cut his nose up, and opened up this hellacious gash on his forehead. And uh, you know you. It was it was uh, it was a tactical mistake. It was it was just a, it was the first ground exchange was uh, was was not in George St. Pierre's favor, and you know. But champion to him, he recovered. He was in adversity. He recovered and learned from it. The second time, he he just didn't let him close the guard. <laughs> you know, or he elbows him. He elbows him really badly. He really gets a really good ground and pound going. Uh, in the the second ground exchange, and uh, the elbows were much more effective from George St Pierre. The first ground exchange, George St Pierre didn't really hit Bisping once from the top position, but Bisping hit him from the bottom position. I, I can't even count how many times it was a lot. So, you know, the the, the Bisping demonstrated a good guard, and George St Pierre demonstrated a, a slightly flawed top position. The second time, though, you know, Justin talks about data analysis. You could he came in and he was just that much better, and uh, he didn't make the same mistake twice. And then he. Opened up, a, uh, hit him, elbowed him, really softened him up, and then that was that was kind of that.
0: So you, uh, we were talking about before the, the, we started recording the 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 martial hero's journey, martial martial art
1: journey. I think does GSP kind of uh, encompass that for me? Absolutely. You know, if you know some of the GSP's background, he was a really skinny bully kid, extremely nerdy. And um, he started his martial arts journey in, in Kyokushin Karate, but then moved on to Brazilian Jiu Jitsu as, as a I mean, young adult. But um, you know, he was not he was not starting his martial arts training because he's like, I want to be the UFC champion. Back then, it was like, you know, it was the UFC mm-hmm. like we we always say back back way back in the dark days, you know, um, uh, you know, MMA was sort of like. You know, you talk about like, like MA was like, you know, on the same level as pornography. It was not something socially acceptable, not like today. And um, but he started in Kyokushin Karate, and uh, and uh, he he trained with a, a, a instructor called Chris, Christoph Medou, who's a very famous Canadian instructor. Moved on to um, to uh, to jo- Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and obviously is associated with the Hansel Crazy Academy. And, you know, just amazing, amazing martial arts, amazing person, amazing work ethic. And, you know, John, John Donner had said something about uh, George St. Pierre, where he's like, he wasn't a great athlete. You know, if you, if you saw George St. Pierre as a white belt or blue belt, you wouldn't think of anything special. He's like, eh, whatever. But he was always the hardest working guy in the room. 1% improvement every single day, consistently. You know, he was in it to re-fashion himself. Jillson and I were making a joke yesterday about about nicknames, and Jilson said, you know, because I, I got saddled with a nickname that that I was not such a happy about when I was a kid, you know, when I was training, I was nicknamed Hattaun. And he's like, well, You let them call you that. And Jilson, you you said, you said, I I made them call me the barbarian. That was the big nickname. I I I conditioned my people. Now, the same thing is George St. Pierre remade himself. He conditioned his body can just in his mental state. He conditioned his group, his his peer group. He surrounded himself with the right people to transform himself, and he 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 created his reality. And that's what it's about. He went in weak and skinny, and, and you know this, and he didn't get into fight. He got in to to test himself, and that's why he's so inspirational. You know, probably at one point the most popular, um, not the most known, but the most popular MMA fighter. I mean, you know, everybody knew Ronda Rousey, but you know, it was like a little bit of hatred, and you know they're not saying I want to be Ronda Rousey, maybe. And and you know I have some some linkages. You know, I, I was a judo man, and I have nothing more respect for Ronda. But you know that's just what it is. You know, some people watched MMA just to see her lose, and a lot of people didn't like GSP too, I'm sure. But but he he in terms of draws and, and fans, he he's almost unparalleled. Before the Conor McGregor, era, he was the the big star, the ones who draw the the the, the pay per views. And and because he's so inspiring, the man inspires you to be better. And um, he's a martial artist. He's he's a he's a great person who who um, you know just recreated himself by sheer force of will and hard work. And uh, just amazing person. And and yes, definitely a martial artist who set out on a journey on his own personal journey for improvement, self actualization. And uh, to just be the best he can be. What's your take on that, Jelson? Uh, there
2: are so many things
1: to say. About yeah, that. right. So many things to say. Yeah.
2: The thing that Jaspi for me is like, uh, first off, uh, when it comes to what we call hero journey, and you know, it, for me is like this. It has nothing to do with gender. has nothing to do with no, uh, body size, you know. Uh, and to a large extent has not to be as well being bullied or not. You know, no, 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 no. Just so, his his personal experience. So for sure. it's like you are who you are and you make your own decisions based on who you are, your personal experience, your upbringing, and or also sometimes influenced by your environment. And by you are making decisions, conscious or consciously, you are making decisions about being better, about improving yourself, which it comes down to it. So this has nothing to do how you look, how much you weight, and sometimes it has nothing to do with the environment. You know, it's not because you had a tough upbringing because that's going to turn you into a, you know a really true martial artist. No, it has nothing to do with that. It's about who you are in spite of sometimes what's happening around you. It's about if you want to improve or not. You know, right, if right, that's, that's it.
1: That's, that's it. That's the key. That, I, I agree with you. Look at this. You know, BG Penn is known as a a very rich kid, but um, BJ Penn, while you know his lady really is not doing so great, but he's the, one of the quickest black belts in the history of Brazilian jiu-jitsu and to win at the black belt world championships, that is a man who is dedicated to self-improvement and discipline. I respect him, and I agree with you, Jilson. You're 100% right. It doesn't matter your background. You're dedicated to making yourself better. Or whatever whatever that is, whatever your personal goal is. I just want to step back for a second and just talk about, uh, for people who are not familiar with the concept of the hero's journey, there's a very famous um, scholar's name is Joseph Campbell and he talks about um, the stages of, of, of um the journeys that heroes go through. He 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 analyzes a lot of myths. He has a concept called the monomyth that all these myths around the world are the same and they're just they're metaphors or analogies for our own human experience. Whether it's like you're talking about, you know, um Odysseus or we're talking about Jason from Jason the Argonauts or we're talking about Gilgamesh or we're talking about Luke Skywalker, you know, it's it's you go through this transforma- transformation and it tells something about your growth and that human experience. And what you know there are many stages to this journey, and um, I think what what is it that brings us to martial arts? It, and if you look at my personal experience, Jilson's experience, we all came to 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 be be better. Um, I I was like George St Pierre; I was bullied as a kid, pre, pre, you know, very viciously. Jillson uh, grew up in in the in the you know favelas in Rio. This got to be one of the toughest things around. But you have this idea that whether you see for me. Uh, this is how I got into it. I was... Uh, on Channel 5, they had these drive-in movies, called it. It, was a, it wasn't It was drive-in. It was on Channel 5. It was at 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. On Saturdays at 5 p.m., they would show Chinese Kung Fu movies. Like, you know, the kind of drive-in movie experience, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're a little after the drive-in. It was the 70s, right? But we would... every Anybody who grew up in New York knew what China You know, we're talking about Saturday drive-in movie. Um, and it would be all these, like, the five deadly venoms or the men from Shaolin or the... You know, um Jungle Master that's a little bit older, but I remember the, all all these all these old kung fu movies they'd film and and as a kid, I was inspired by them. I want to be Bruce Lee, you know, and I think that's why Bruce Lee was so popular he he's an archetype, a member of something that said this man. Is not only is he tough, he controls his environment. He's respected. When you're going through something tough, you look at the the martial artist. He's, he's you know he he has some threat. Whether it's in the Bruce Lee movies, the Japanese occupation, or he's some other movies bullied or whatever. But you go off, you meet the master. You go off on Wudang Mountain or, you know, whatever. You train, you transform, you become stronger internally, externally. And then you face some sort of trial and you overcome it. And you're the hero at the end. And this is an archetype of every, every Marvel movie, superhero movie. Uh, you know, any, any movie you see, that's a journey of the growth. Any, any story, you know, you can, you can talk to so many. You know, any, look at any of the Star Wars movies. You look at so many of these, um, uh, The Hobbit you know, uh, or the, the, the Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. you know, the, the two hobbits go off and they have this adventure and they're tested. You know, there's this journey. It's, it's part of our DNA as human beings to, to see this growth. Or you look at someone like Miyamoto Musashi, who's the archetypal hero, martial art hero, or, or Bruce Lee. You know, they come on there some way and they, they, they transform themselves. And that, for anyone who's going through something difficult in their life, whether it's environment or whatever or personal, internal difficulty, or you just wanna improve yourself, this this is very, very powerful. And 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 how do you why do we study martial arts? Why why is everybody listening to this podcast? How did they get into martial arts? I'm telling you, it's not just I wanna protect myself. Yeah, of course that's part of it. But you wanna be a different, better version of yourself. You wanna reach your your potential, and that's to me is like, yeah, you know, I, I, people say, well, you know, I want to sort to protect myself, but you know, that gets pretty old really quick. You know, there's, there's, somebody said, yeah, I've been doing jujitsu for you know four or five years, I think I can handle myself. Well, what 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 motivates you to continue? It's not just the personal protection. If you, if if it were, you you just kind of be like a little bit paranoid. It's it's this I want to be. A, a a a higher level version of myself. That's why we look up to people like the Navy SEALs. We look up to people like Usain Bolt or Michael Jordan or anything like that. They they've reached a pinnacle of human experience, and that is an attraction. That is the attraction. That's what brought me into martial arts. Obviously, I was a bully kid, but I said, I don't want to be the bully kid. I want to be the 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 iconic, you know, completely self actualized. Uh, I was not obviously aware of this term, but the, 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 to have my stuff together as a human being, and that's what martial arts represents. Unfortunately, I think many people get into martial arts like that, but that that journey is never completed. And I just want to go into that, though. But you know, please, the, I talked for fifty minutes. I'm going to shut up now and let your your thoughts. I mean, from an outsider, uh, what what is your take on martial arts as an outsider to the martial art world, Mister Peters?
0: well i definitely i I grew up watching you know jackie Chan movies and and bruce Lee movies and and things like that and you know practicing karate in my in my bedroom and kicking ghosts and you know having fun you know um i never f- I never felt the call to be engaged in martial arts um but it it, it definitely has i definitely felt the pull around yeah. me other people and then the the journey itself my own personal journey reflects that of a martial journey. You know, yeah. the, the things that I've gone through and the, and the way that, that I've met those those challenges. Uh, challenges and and made it to the next level within the, the the hero's journey. I'm Not calling myself a hero, but No, you, know, you
1: are—you're a hero of your own story. Absolutely, sure. yeah. everybody is. Every human being on the planet is a hero of their personal narrative. Mm. That's important. And then, you know, we whether whether you're 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 doing martial arts or you're doing Baseball or you're doing corporate work or whatever, if you are striving honestly to to constantly improve, mm-hmm. you need to have these certain steps and you need to go through these certain trials and you need to overcome your fear you you know because we, and, and Joseph Campbell talks about this hero's journey and and i I, I you know Joseph Campbell has unfortunately been um, criticized lately because it turns out that he's not as cool a guy as we all thought I won't get into that, but he has this wonderful uh, understanding of this journey of self, and and he's very much influenced by you know uh, Maslow and Jung and and these archetypes of of human human experience, and um, part of it is you have this call to adventure, but you refuse. You refuse. Why do you refuse? Because it's fearful. But then as you go through the mo- journey, you 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 come to it. You come to these epic trials. But part of that is you have to encounter a mentor you have to encounter the mentor and that's what we talked about the community the group the person that Jillson mentioned that inv- invites involves you to be to rise up and to 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 grow and and then you you have a trial and I tell people in my in my academy I will never require you to compete but I believe it's essential for you to really face your the fears uh, uh, uh your demons it doesn't have to be MMA but I think if you're if you're interested in, in authentic Full, full contact fighting. It has to be MMA, but it could be just sport jiu jitsu, sport judo. One of my personal heroes is a person I trained with. His name is John Balin. He's a judo and jiu jitsu champion, but he never went into MMA. But he's a personal hero, a man I trained with when I was in Japan, and uh fantastic, inspiring human being because he was born super poor in, in, uh, in the Philippines, but became, you know, all Asian judo champ, moved to Japan, and did tons of crazy jobs to support his his training with the best in Japan and just scraped by every single day. And then not only became a jiu judo champion, but a jiu-jitsu champion. And and he uh he's very he's, he's my age, but he fought actually some high level, very high level Jiu-Jitsu guys in an Asian campaign and just destroyed him. So uh he he's always personally inspiring. Uh and but he never did MMA. It that doesn't matter. Marcelo Garcia is a, a sports jiu jitsu competitor and, you know, he went through his journey. It doesn't even have to be martial arts, but I think why is martial arts so poignant and such a such an important uh, um, experience? Is because there's nothing more fearful than stepping into the cage, one-on-one combat with minimal or no rules. The only thing is, it, they could be more fearful as a life or com- real life or death scenario, and you mm-hmm. could die in the cage. It's not 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 common, but it can happen. Um, but could be on a football field, could be on a baseball field, a basketball field. But the intensity of martial arts, on one-on-one violence, there's nothing more intense and 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 than that. So the growth is 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 tremendous. I'll tell you, after my first MMA fight, where I, um, you know, I was incredibly, incredibly nervous, and and you know. But I had to do it. It wasn't like somebody told me. Nobody told me to do it. But i it was this internal calling. I cannot ignore this this will to put myself out there. And then, you know, I, I grew up with a lot of insecurities. And there are many times in my life where I competed in other martial arts where I choked because I didn't believe in myself. I had very low self-esteem. I had very low. And I didn't grow up hard. I mean, I had great parents who, you know, Gave me everything they could, you know. uh, I had food on the table. I had great education. I had great friends. But this lack of self confidence, this lack of personal ability to take care of myself in a a violent scenario, was always there. Probably because of bullying, but also, you know, New York was pretty scary at the time. Um, After my first MMA fight, which I I did very well, it was like you know the game Tetris, where where you you get the level, everything clicks together. Suddenly, it's clear. That was just something I experienced mentally, where a lot of these like weird insecurities and the things that held me back just dropped off, and the vitality, the volume of life, just got a little bit lower. And I, 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 I live life now after going through this journey as a better person, a better husband, a better friend. And I'm, I'm certainly no guru, and I'm no. Perfect person You can ask my, my wife She'll definitely Agree that I'm not perfect I think she explained that On the Love and Podcast But But You know I'm a better version of myself For going through this journey And Jill and I we, we were sitting Eating a meal And we were talking about it And we were saying That now it's my journey To be the mentor to others You know I st- I'm not the hero anymore I'm here of my personal journey, but now in other people's journey, I'm the mentor. I'm the I'm the person who's creating that environment for them to grow. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I'm going to shut up and, and get Jillson's uh, uh, take on this and see what he has to say. Because definitely, you talk about someone who went through an amazing journey and uh, such a polymath and uh, started start out from from very difficult circumstances. Jillson, you, you always have my respect. You
2: know this uh, this topic is the, there are so many layers to it. You know, yeah, it's hard to talk really extensively about it without like having to go through hours and hours of conversation because there are too many layers to it. Uh, the first point for me is that you are always the hero in your story. Okay, when it comes to storytelling, when it comes to which use it in marketing all the time, it's and used in movies is the same story. There is a character. The character, let's put it into parentheses. This is the hero, okay? Is the character. The second step is knowing what are the challenges, what he wants or she wants. Okay, he wants this, she wants this. Okay. Now, the third step is who is the villain? Who is fighting against? The fourth step it will be meeting the mentor. Who, who has been through this before, and can guide him, so I can call him a guide, a mentor, a coach. And as you move forward, and you move forward to the next steps, then it's all about the battle, and then getting to win, if he will or she will at the end. So it's important to make uh, to make a point that you are always the hero in your story Mm -hmm. and then you will eventually meet someone who will help you through your life and help you to grow and it can be your wife, can be your husband can be someone, even someone on your family because this is not martial arts related it's easier for us to frame the conversation, the narrative around martial arts because we are martial artists, our life has been uh, uh, surrounded by this particular type of a theme, but if you had a particular type of upbringing, right? You had your, you, yeah, you had your upbringing, and you knew what you want. You knew what the challenges were, and you made what was possible to get better experience, so you'd be more knowledgeable and more efficient at doing what you wanted to do. And along the way, you met some people who really, really helped you. To advance that particular knowledge so let's call them the guide you know they got you met guides and then you keep improving uh, at uh, at what you want to do so hero joining for me is like a little funny because uh, you yourself you don't see I don't see myself as a hero why am I a hero you know it's so like it's so just like a name hero joining that's fine uh, if in the storytelling pro um, particular type of a context, okay, there's a hero. Here is the one who's living through it. All right, so in this context, I'm the hero. So we're going to call as such. And the upbringing matters to some extent. But understand one thing. You are a hero not because you necessarily faced more hardships than others. It doesn't matter. You have your experience. I have mine. Maybe if I had faced the same thing that you faced, I would be destroyed emotionally. It maybe if you had faced what I faced growing up, you may emotionally you had been destroyed as well. So, uh, for me, it doesn't matter uh, how hard it was it was for you uh, because that for me is not what makes you a hero in any ways. For me, what makes it you special in your own story is that you had an objective and you kept on fighting. You kept on Dealing with adversities, and we all have good and bad days. And some days we just want to give up, and some days we do give up, and then three days later, you're going no, what? No, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna suck it up, and uh, I'm just gonna keep moving forward. And then you're back on the horse, and then you keep moving forward, and you keep struggling and, and keep fighting for what we, we want. And so, for me, the, 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 the core of it, as I said, there are so many layers, but for me, the core is, is the choice that you make. realizing that there is something that you really want whatever they might be and you decide to get it and you keep on fighting in spite of adversities and along the way you may have most likely yes because nobody is, is an island as we know you will have some help from someone that can be, as I said, your wife, that can be your husband, can be someone from the family, can be an outsider if you are into martial arts and then you have someone who's going to give you. So I personally, I grew up without a male figure in my life. My, my father was an alcoholic. My both uncles were alcoholics. So all my male figures were all alcoholics. So there were um, abusive fathers, abusive husbands, abusive everything. So I had no one in my inner circle to look up to you and say, like, well, I want to be like him. No, they're all idiots. They're assholes. So, and they treat them, the women, this particular way. So I grew up outside the environment of living in a favela, right, in a, in a slum called Rocinha, which is the largest slum in, uh, in America, and inside with a family that all male figures are uh, abusers, if you will, verbally abusers or, and or physically abusers. So that was the the, the, the that bringing in the first you know years, and of course, last until I was 18 when I left home. So, I uh, for me it was important to at some point in my life that happened when I was uh, 14 to start seeking that particular type of a male figure outside my environment because no one could actually support me in that in that particular case, you know and then sometimes you look like you are watching 1984 is the karate kid and you see the kid doing karate and then you see that you note know, going through Mr Miyagi is helping son, and then that's like influences you positively that you know there might be someone that is gonna help you go through what you're going through 1985 June in Brazil Brambo 2 in 1985 December eight, uh, 85 was Rock 4 in Brazil and it was like rest alone His works out I'm still 14 and but this was Uh, my 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 need at the time to find someone who would inspire me or I can look up to you know what to work out to train to do martial arts to get involved with something that would make me feel um, let's say better about myself and also in in a way someone who would be able to find an activity that would help me to just let it just like all the aggressiveness all the and because helplessness builds aggressiveness, right? There's all the pent-up energy that you see the abuse taking place, and you're too young. You know you cannot fight that. You're gonna. You're seven. year old. How are you gonna fight your father, if he's been your mother? There's nothing you can do. You need to grow up. You know. So then, you, by the time then you start working out when you're fifteen, and then seventeen, then of course then start start shifting because now, you know. Now I, I was already, I'm already, I were working out for two years into martial arts for two years. And then when things were taking place, then I would I would just like uh, in Portuguese like yeah but maluco, we just like just face him, say like, dude, that's what's gonna happen, you're gonna do this again, I'm gonna send to the hospital. And then happened the next year. So it's it's something that for me, my hero journey is not special. It just was my experience. I knew what I was facing, I knew what I want, I knew what my challenges were. And finding uh, a space a martial arts space was very important for me because at that point there was a lot of aggressiveness as i said there was a lot of uh, there is there was no male figure in my life. I needed to look up to someone because my level of respect overall was like there was it was there was no such a thing there was no such a thing as respecting. Male figures overall, people older. I don't care because I grew up not respecting because they they don't deserve my respect. But I never started problems. Never been a kid that started would uh, start like going to places and start to get into fights just because. Leave me alone. I'm an animal, and then I want to be isolated. Don't don't talk to me. Just leave me alone. And if you cross the line, then it's up to you. Then whatever happens to you. And when I found in the in the my 14th, 15th. And then I found martial arts to be a place where I could just let that negative energy out through the punches, through the kicks, and I there was someone, a male figure that I would to I had to start learning how to respect. Even though I wanted to have it, I still not conditioned to give respect yet. So it was a process between this, co- this cognitive dissonance in, in myself, like that that those two feelings happen at the same time, that I want to respect because I need, I want, but I don't have this condition, so when you're going to talk something, I'm going to just talk back. You're going to be like the ghetto boy, like I don't care, you know? And whatever, whatever this, whatever that. At the same time, you want to have that, that tension that, that you didn't grow up with, myself. And so until this day, you now I'm 46 now, uh, there are many things that... I went through to get where I am right now, where I come from to where I am right now. And and to have a little closure, I'd say this. There is no global standard for success. It's in the and the same on the and the flip coin, the flip side, right? The coin is this. There is no global uh standard of failure either. There's no such a thing. You you are the one who says what is Success and what it may be failure, but failure doesn't exist because there's still there is no standard Is in the end as I always say like failure is just there's no failure just results Outcome you t- try something didn't work. All right, so let's try something else didn't work either So let's try something else. That's why you have so sub- hundreds of submissions hundreds of a combination because if a particular combination that, that, that doesn't go through you try another one imagine if you after two combinations you go like who oh, man I cannot punch because, you know, I'm not connecting. And you just decide to stop fighting in the middle of the fight. How ridiculous it sounds, right? In the context. So, I am successful. I have my hero journey, and I am successful. Because now, because based on where I came from to what I accomplished uh, in this for four and a half decades, uh, it puts me in a place that I can be the guide now. As uh, Renee was saying before we get to a place. we will continue always being a hero in our journey because that's what it is and now based on your experience because you've been there you have the chance now to choose to be someone's guide and as, we, as and there's something that uh, i read that is, is very meaningful which is like be be that person that you wanted to meet when you were a kid mm-hmm. And deep that mentor that that guide, that someone who just like listen, hey, are you, hey, are you, listen, I do this kind of a uh, activity uh, extra curriculum kind of stuff after school, et cetera it has to do with martial arts has to do with training you know like to train and, and just, just like help to guide yeah. people you know be the person that you that you you needed you know when you were a kid, and then by the point forward. By the thought, not even on the, before the action. There is a thought. I mean, the, the thought is already an identity to create that thought. You are already it. You are already that person. You want the mentor, a guide already. And if you choose to do so, your life becomes very rewarding and a personal, very fulfilling. It's yeah. enough to do with the money. It has nothing to do with position and status. It has to do to feel fulfilled as a person.
1: Yeah. That matters most. For that's, me. that's amazing. Deep insights. Um, I, I agree. You know, the other podcast we we talked about that martial arts always came out of the community, and the desire to help or protect your community. And what is protection? Protection is giving. So the heart of means martial arts is one. It's two sides. One, there's the the giving of protection. There's the giving of. Of, of of knowledge, there's a give. It's it's giving, but on the other side, it's it's you know you said it. Um, you know you had your frustration, you had your helplessness, and that led to anger and fear. And it comes back to you know Yoda. You know, fear leads to suffering. Anger, you know, this this is kind of the dark side. You know, and and uh, it, it's corny, but it's not because you know when when George Lucas went over the the Star Wars things he was drawing a lot of of Buddhist knowledge a lot of you know psychological knowledge there's some deep things in there you know and it's funny 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 way i'm going to talk about uh star wars i'm going to talk about you know what my favorite martial movie is kung fu panda it sounds corny but that movie is just filled with so many little things that resonate with me in my journey you know as a young little fat kid and um not happy not bullied not not understanding myself, and yes, you know, I, I didn't grow in the circumstances you did, but I had a lot of in, in lack of confidence and and sense of self, and that led to anger, and it led to fear, and um, wh- wh- whatever your tradition is, we're talking about Buddhism here, or whatever Asian martial arts, but it's 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 universal because you look at the Christian tradition, you look at um, John Calvin, John Calvin. I'm not a religious person, but he says human beings are born in wrath, and obviously Calvinist theories you know, many very diverse and, and, uh, but, but when you face hardship or, uh, helplessness or some wrong, you will, you will be consumed by anger and the positive aspects of, of, of martial arts or of any journey is to release that frustration, to guide that energy in a, in a positive way to, 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 to to be productive and to eventually remold yourself to, 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 have a um a moment of of uh what's the word I'm looking for um uh where, where you you just you you let that anger go you know you let it go you you you're not defined by your hatred or your anger or your frustration it's defined by by your achievement and whatever that achievement is and like you said there's no universal standard it could be like you know I want to be the best uh, lego collector in the world well, whatever you know whatever its it doesn't have to be martial arts but i think martial arts are unique because the other, the thing that holds us back is fear, and we're always as 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 animals in this Darwinian system, we always come back to that sense of can I protect myself? can I protect my others? can I protect my what is mine and uh, and and can i can I as men and it's not it's not a gender thing, but I think it's true with men is that if you cannot have a sense of protecting yourself, it's very hard to to be. A man in the modern context. And there's some constructions of masculinity and all that. We can get into this later, but this is the way it is, you know? And obviously, martial arts is not just for men. Uh, but I, I think it's hard to define yourself in, in positive terms if you walk around insecure and in fear all day. And martial arts helps you overcome that because if you can, if you can get into the cage and you can face a guy whose only objective is to beat the living hell out of you. You can get through that, win or lose. You've achieved something. You've overcome that fear. And it doesn't even have to be in the cage. It could be in your, your training gym, you know, day in, day out. I, I talk about experiences that I had in Japan. And uh, I had some, some amazing experiences, but I also had some experiences that molded me uh, because certain things that were just so frightening. One of the things that they have these uh, kangeiko and shochugeko, which are winter and summer training, where they would, you know, close the windows in the middle of summer. And I don't know if you know that the summer in Tokyo is incredibly humid and very hot almost can be almost tropical you know tremendous humidity and they close windows and turn on the heat and you're wearing these gis that are really heavy and you have to do you know every technique you know you do you know a 100 uchikomi uchikomis, uchikomis are these like you know, entry entry drills and you just drill 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 and you're there for Hours and hours and hours. And they do allow water breaks. You know, it's not, they used to not, but when I was there, they, they knew people would just die. So they, which happened, which happened in the, yeah, I mean, it happened. And like, like no joke in the thirties, people would train judo and they just drop dead. They're like, ah, whatever, but they stopped that, which is not smart, (laughs) you know, but they, they would let you train for 14 hours and you think like, how can my body go through this? And you, the last thing you want to do when you hit the pill at the night is wake up and do the same thing again. The last thing, but it's your community that gets you through. Like, no, 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 let's go, let's go, let's go. You get up and you do that run. You walk into the the dojo and you're like, oh, here we go again. God damn it. And then, you know, after all that, you're like, oh, it's sparring. And you see this, like, guy across from you and all he wants to do is slam you at 50 miles an hour into the mat. But you're like, no, okay, I'm going to do this. You know, one, one more shard instructor. I forget which one, it was, but he said, you know, if you really want to get the best out of your jiu-jitsu, just talking about jiu-jitsu, you know, but he said, if you really want to get the best out of your training, who's the guy in your class who who makes you, who scares you the most? Look around that class. Who's the guy you want to spar the least? That's your first match. Always do that. And and that, whatever it is, it's like conquering your fear, conquering your self-doubt, going through that stage. And, you know, we talk about – um the 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 hero's journey and Joseph Campbell you know get a little more meta level but the one example is Orpheus you know Orpheus went down to the underworld and martial arts is nothing like real martial arts So when I say real martial arts I don't want to talk down on other martial arts like Aikido is great you know if you want to enjoy movement or something like that but when I'm talking I'm putting emphasis on the martial when you are sparring. And you put the headgear on, you put the gloves on, and you wanna do a full contact, you know, kickboxing or muay Thai match with the guy who's just, you know, with Ernesto Hoost or um, or uh, Ramon Decker or the newer guys is uh what are some of the newer fighters? I, I, I don't follow as much as is that that um that Dutch guy now, um Van 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 Verhoven, Rico Verhoeven. You wanna go into a match with that I mean that guy's gonna you're gonna pee yourself before you want to fight him, but you got to do it. You got to go in. You got to go in that cage and fight Rico Verhoeven because he scares you, or it could be your just your training partner Joe, you know. Um, and I, I sometimes mention one of my training partners, Andreas, and Andreas is my boy. He's 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 the man who made me the jiu jitsu guy I am today in terms of because he was always there for me. I'd say, Andreas, can you meet me at the dojo at ten p.m. and drill? Like, yeah. But there was a time where I'd spar Andreas in in jiu jitsu, and Andreas is very very good, and. He would just be the snot at me every from the same position every single time. We'd, we'd roll, we'd roll 20, 30 rolls. And I'd get stuck under him, and he would just crush me to the point where I would start fearing that position. I, I would start fearing it because I'm like, oh man, that fucking frick, position again. Oh. And I'd fear it. I'm like, oh, i to go there. Ah, that's going to hurt. Ah. And I just got wrapped up again in this fear of that position. And then I was training with another partner. He says, you just got to go, you just got to do it. Don't fear, just do it. And that was my friend Koji. He's like, you just got to shoot. You just got to go. You just got to go. You want to wrestle? You just got to go. And I was like, don't think, do. And I did that. And bam, suddenly, I was like, oh, right. I don't have to fear it. And then I started analyzing the position and seeing what I was doing wrong and trying to figure it out and seeing it as a puzzle. And in Japanese, they have be a personality. Your personality should be like that Takeo Yona Seikaku, which means had the personality of bamboo breaking. And what does that mean? If you've ever seen a bamboo, when it breaks, it bends, bends, and bam, it just snaps. It's not like wishy-washy, no, you're just going to go. Make that decision and go. No regrets, no fear, just go. And and that is what I think martial arts develops more than anything else. It's that that sense of consequence is insane. Because you're gonna get hurt. You, you, there's nothing, you could do a football game or sports game or run or whatever. Uh, there's nothing like fighting another human being, regardless of martial art. But in the MMA world, it's even more intense because there's so much to, to happen. Obviously, you can't start there, but you start with jiu-jitsu, you start with kickboxing, karate, heart, full contact karate. But you, you, know, you start in a hard level of training and you overcome that fear and you just go. You mind of no mind. You don't you don't dwell on oh if this happened this happened you get wrapped up in all those insecurities and fear no no I'm just gonna go I'm gonna go and it doesn't mean you don't you don't cognate or this but you just see it as data in and out and that has helped me so much in my life you know um, it's funny you know I met my wife and about forty five seconds after I met my wife I'm yeah like, eh, I'm gonna marry this girl and my, my judo master said the same thing when he met his wife uh, Steve he goes yeah I met her in a club I was like yeah that's a girl I'm gonna marry. I just knew. And I, I felt the same thing. I'm like sitting across from this woman, I'm like, yeah, you know, this girl's pretty cool. I'll probably marry her. And then, you know, we are married. <laughs> Thank God she said yes. <laughs> it wasn't all me. <laughs> but, but you know, you live your life in a much better way. And many, many paths can do that. But the intensity of the, of the trial in martial arts means the intensity of the result is amazing. That's not to discount other arts. And, and you know, uh, my mom does some Tai Chi... It helps her with her blood pressure and things like that, and and whatever challenge your personal challenge is, that's that's wonderful. And I'm not here to put down anyone else. You could be a film director in our, our academy. Of a lot of people are actors. Let me tell you, there's very few things more, more, more challenging than getting up in front of a thousand people or what, and, and doing a play. You know, I think we've all been there and nervous. You know, uh, that that's amazing to to put on your art in front of someone. That that's uh, that's that's challenging too. But that's,
2: that's when you're successful with your audition, right? Before that it was rejected hundreds
1: of times, which are not a challenge
2: and yeah. people just stopped doing
1: it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you have to you have to get in there and go again and not accept defeat. And the core of the hero's journey is don't give up. You know? Mm-hmm. That is the journey. The journey is not to quit. That's the journey. You know? You go through these trials, you go through these intense things, but you don't give up. you constantly say, "I'm not going down without a fight so
2: hero, hero journey for me uh, most importantly is from my perspective, right That's my interpretation of this. because um, I didn't grow up with this particular type of frame. I was never th- thinking about what hero's journey is uh, and much less that I was hero in any ways. I was just living, surviving overcoming obstacles so my interpretation is pretty simple hero journey actually there is no there is no destination because hero journey is a state of mind and that state of mind is you never give up and you just when get when your time comes and you pass away when you just lose this body okay so that your journey is ended but if you sustain, if you never gave up until that point, so you lived through your hero journey like you're supposed to. That's a hero journey. It's like it's is a mental state. It's a state of mind of never giving up. That's a hero's journey for me is. Yeah. What what it means for me. Not
1: a destination per se. Yeah, the Japanese have a great word kaizen, which is mostly used in in in, in business. It's like you know the one percent improvement. But uh, the the one of the reasons why Japanese companies are so successful is because they have this. Pattern of constant reevaluation and improvement, and improvement, and improvement, and and they develop something better and better. And you know, uh, if you look at Japan in the sixties and the fifties, it was you know third world country, not um, not uh, um, developed in any way. Um, but um, you know, they they, they turned themselves into a world a world superpower. How did they do that? Kaizen, and that word is. Deeply, deeply involved with uh, martial arts uh, as well. Kaizen, don't give up, but the 1% improvement every single day. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's my, my two cents. Yeah.
2: Which, you, which you can, a little further, so we can have a closure as well, uh, it can, which can actually are two, two parts. You may not give up, but if you're doing the same thing, you're going to have the same result. So you need to instill in yourself the, the need to improve. you don't give up, but you're going to improve 1% from the last attempt that you had. Because if you do the same thing expecting a different result, then that's why you call it stupid. Or the
1: definition of insanity. (laughs) <laughs> I said it's so
2: insanity. I say it's stupid because you know that the result before because you already done it mm-hmm. and then you still do again. So, you know, just like in the model wo- way to, to express ourselves, like, no, yeah, I look a little stupid because you're doing the same thing all the time, expecting different results. It's not possible. So, to, for me, I break it in two parts. First, you're going to be persistent. You know, you have the grit, you're going to be resilient, you're going to come back, you're going to try again. Okay, that's the, the starting point. The second point now you come is slightly more intelligent and prepared many you improve one percent before the next attempt, otherwise the results are going to be the same. Yeah.
1: Now um, I just want to finish with one thing. You know, in martial arts, a lot of martial arts, whether it's karate or sometimes jujitsu, there's the word os. Sometimes it's spelled oss, but actual spelling, if you uh, alliterize, uh, anglicized Japanese, is osu, but it's pronounced os. And os is two characters, and the first one is push osu. And uh, push through, or oshimasu, right? And the second one is shinobu, the same character as ninja. Um, but it also means, uh, the first is push. The character of ninja is actually not hiding or anything like that. The character is to, uh, is, is, is uh, persevere. To push through and persevere. persevere. So the os means to persevere through hardship. There's nothing more important in martial arts. You persevere. You persevere. The journey is perseverance, and that's why, in almost all the Japanese martial arts, everything they say is "os." I will persevere. I will not give up. I'll keep fighting. Every day, one percent better. And you know, again, there's a what's a black belt? It's a white belt who never quit.
0: Hmm. Beautiful. Though I want you guys to continue talking because I know what comes next if we stop talking. <laughs> It's time to choke me out.
1: <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, here. Here it goes. <laughs> no, ah! no,
2: He
1: forgot. He forgot. He <laughs> right, choked me up come on, quick. Let's go.
2: Now, uh, let's when I'm about to tap out, uh, to pass out, just tap it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, that wasn't so bad. I didn't put him on the That wasn't so bad. Wasn't so
2: bad. <laughs> it wasn't that bad, but Thanks it was Thanks for so listening funny.
0: to the martial culture podcast. Yeah, you could have
2: seen it. It was funny.
0: <laughs> That's how <Wow>. it feels. <laughs> I'm glad I don't do martial arts for a living. I have much respect for you guys who have gone through that. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs>
1: Until our next bit. (laughs) All right, guys. See you guys soon.
0: Thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Marshall underscore culture and on Instagram at Marshall Culture Cast. Please leave a review on iTunes and we'll see you next time on the Marshall Culture Podcast.